Hello and welcome back to Built to Thrive. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast this week, you will know that we're talking about death. And on Monday, I mentioned how death is still one of those great taboos, a subject that makes so many people feel uncomfortable. And a really unfortunate way that discomfort affects those who are grieving is how others react to their bereavement. Now, a few months ago on my long-form podcast, Feel Better, Live More, I spoke with one of my best mates, Dr. Ian Panja, whose dad died over the past year. And one of the things he said to me on the show was how shocked he was by the reaction of some of his friends. He said to me that some of his friends that he expected to be there for him just weren't. But he also received great support from those he least expected it from. Is that something you've experienced in your life? You see, I think sometimes people are so uncomfortable around death that we don't know how to be there for our friends and our network when they're going through the process. Sometimes we'll avoid it because we feel uncomfortable and we put that discomfort onto that other person. But actually what we need to do is get out of our own way and understand this is not about us. It's about them. And ideally, we want to be there for them and help support them. Now, very often, they're more traumatic the circumstances of any particular death, let's say a child, well, the harder people find it to know what to say. And I really do understand that, but I think it's something we need to talk about and address. I think a lot of that awkwardness comes from a really good place. We wanna help, but we often don't know how. And many of us feel that we're designed to want to fix things and fix problems, but the truth is you can't really fix grief. One of the things I realized very early on in my medical career is that We're not really taught very well as doctors how to listen to patients. I think some of us have it intuitively and we're pretty good at it. And others, I think, really struggle with it. But I think it's one of the most important skills that we can have. And of course, when a patient is grieving, well, listening is one of the most important things that you can do. Now, I think all of us, particularly when it comes to grief, need to lean into being better listeners. And there's a simple framework that you can follow. We've been speaking about my new book, Happy Minds, Happy Life, over the past few weeks. And in that book, there is a chapter where I talk about how you can become a better listener. There's all kinds of rules I list in the book, but a few of them, which I think are really relevant to the topic of grief are, you know, try and listen with curiosity, be non-judgmental, practice what I call true empathy, not I know how you're feeling, but I don't know how you're feeling and I'm still here for you. When you're listening, really try and listen. Don't necessarily think about the next thing that you're going to say. I think that's what gets in the way of real kind of compassionate listening is we're trying to think how I'm going to respond, what I'm going to say back to them. But as soon as we go into that place in our minds, it takes us out of that conversation. And always remember, you can show someone that you are listening with your body language, your posture, your tone, the way you make contact with your eyes. Another helpful tip I'd add here is In a situation like this, don't try to fix the other person or rush in to tell them what you would do. Instead, you could just try a simple open-ended question like, how did that feel for you? How does that feel for you? And then you can actively listen without interruption. I've learned from over 20 years of seeing patients now that being able to listen well is one of the most powerful forms of medicine. Grief counsellors will tell you that no matter how difficult you find it, the key thing is to acknowledge the person's bereavement. And that can be as simple as saying, I guess something like, 
I was so sorry to hear about your father's death. It's short, it's simple, and it's factual. Now, sending a note or letter of condolence can mean a great deal to grieving people as well, especially as they're likely to go back and reread them months later. If you knew the deceased well, maybe mention your favorite memory of them. Or perhaps you've got a photograph you could enclose. If you didn't know them that well, you can just say you're sorry and that that bereaved person and your friend is in your thoughts. There are also some practical ways in which we can try to help. It could be something as simple as you know, making some food and taking it round for them, helping them with their laundry. Or if they've got kids and they're struggling, maybe you could take the kids out. You know, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Simple things can make a big difference. Now, grief counselors also say when talking to the bereaved, there are some things that we should try and avoid saying if we can. This could be things like, they're in a better place. They had a good innings. You know, my friend Ian, who I mentioned at the start of this episode, after his father died, he remembers someone saying to him, you need to be strong for your family and for your mum. And at that point, he said he didn't feel strong. He felt vulnerable and in pain. And he actually felt quite frustrated. He thought, well, what about me? If I'm being strong for everyone else, how am I going to sort of deal with my own pain and my own feelings? So, you know, there's no right way to do this. I think one of the key things to do is not to try and put your discomfort onto the other person. Try and leave that to the side and just show them with your words, with a letter or with your actions that you're there for them. Remember, you can't actually fix a grieving person and they don't expect you to either but a kind word or deed will go a long way. Tomorrow, we're going to wrap up this week by looking at change and healing. I hope you can join me then.